Scott with SJWellfire.com. Final Days Report, episode 299. In this episode, we delve into a Mike Adams interview with SRP24's disaster management's founder, probably CEO, offering insights from the front lines of the BLM riots, the unexplained melted cars in Maui, the ongoing military age men, open border invasion, and much more. He is alarmed how long the elite are prepping for. With a vast network that includes clients and government officials, he is uniquely positioned to shed, shed light on these disturbing issues that we've covered the last two and a half years. It's just another proof point with validation, with credibility, that these conspiracies have meat on the bone. I personally would share this VCast and also Mike Adams' interview with people that are on the fringe of becoming awake. Because this, to me, is just a credible, credible witness that is somewhat mind-bending. So let's introduce the SRP24 founder. I'll let Mike Adams actually allow the gentleman to give his credentials. But ultimately, it's a disaster management company that this guy runs, which is very fascinating. So he'll have contracts with hospitals and different big businesses. He has multiple offices throughout the United States, maybe even the world. And so during a hurricane or riots or some sort of event, he will actually go in with his team, with security engineers, different contractors, and make sure that, for example, hospitals stay up and running. And the stories he has are pretty interesting. But I found it fascinating. He knows elites. He knows the white hat and black hats within the alphabet agencies. He has a wealth of experience and is an eyewitness on the ground. He has a network of testing labs for different chemical um, spills, that sort of thing, different toxicity labs, and probably much more. He deals with big business. And again, he's on the ground as an eyewitness during these events. So I'm going to play three or four different snippets of the interview that just, again, shows there's meat on the bone on these conspiracies. And I found it interesting with the UNLV mass shooting, they're blaming a conspiracy theorist. They're going after your guns, my friends. This is in insanity, my friends. He appears to be a Christian. He talks about his faith in God. I never heard him mention Jesus Christ, but I'm assuming he is a Christian. But let's let Mike Adams introduce this gentleman and uh, what he does. And then we'll get into some of the alarming details that he has as a CEO type on the ground witness. Welcome to today's interview on Brighttown.com. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighttown. And today we're joined by Steve Slepsevich. He's the managing partner of SRP24.com, which is a strategic response partners that responds to natural disaster and other type of disaster events uh, all over the world, but especially in North America. Uh, Mr. Slepsevich joins us to talk about preparedness, logistics, and so much more. Welcome to the show, sir. It's an honor to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate the time. Well, thank you for taking your time. I know you're extremely busy uh, just because of world events right now. Can I ask you to quickly just sort of summarize what your firm does? Uh, yeah, we, we're a critically purpose-driven uh, disaster management company, so we do everything from planning for critical infrastructure, providing a critical response team, both paramedics, security, uh, all the logistics that have to do with food, fuel, and making sure these facilities stay operational during a storm or after an event. 
um, and then obviously working on the management of the recovery process to get them back up and operational in the shortest amount of time possible. Obviously, that's the that's the key. So when there are approaching hurricanes, companies call you to have your team what be be on site, or I mean, what what kinds of calls do you get? Yeah. So typically, if you're talking about hurricanes, we're involved in a lot of the planning for a lot of the hospitals. So these major hospitals is one typical uh, critical infrastructure, some of the ports, shipping ports, some of the airports, certain logistics centers. What they'll do is they'll have us create plans for them. And then part of the plan is if there's a hurricane approaching, we'll be in there three, four days in advance to, you know, batten down the hatches, basically do a 360 to the facility, uh, bring in stage fuel, power generation, backup redundancy systems, shrink wrap crews to, in case the roof blows off we're shrink wrapping the floors and they're like the fourth floor to keep the or operational keep the critical life support systems in place um right out the storm at ground zero and then have everything positioned all types of different vendors that are part of the recovery process in position rolling in and doing all the cleanup as this process is going and the, and the thing about it is to keep them open and operation operational at all costs all right, the first video snippet from the interview, Maui fires. He's hinting at do weapons. He's like, do I know for sure? I wasn't pulling the trigger. I don't. But he said fires don't burn that way. And he actually shares the evidence with his network. And he's like, tell me how this could happen. Folks, it doesn't pass the sniff test. And the entire interview as well, he talks about how toxic the ground was at Maui and the cover-up thereof. I'm not going to play that portion of it, but again, I think it's one of Mike Adams' best interview because this guy is such an eyewitness. And I want you to listen closely to this. He's like, I have video evidence of something that hasn't been shared and eyewitnesses as well. So I think he's hinting to something, but he doesn't want to go uh, full on. Uh, out there with this information because it sounds like he has received persecution as well for the knowledge that he has. So pray for him that he's protected. Let's roll it. It's becoming more and more of a pattern. I mean, I've actually took my Geiger counter out there because there was concern about radioactivity. So I'm like, let me just get my Geiger counter, get out to the vehicles that burned, that, you know, burned in an empty lot, interviewed the neighbors, pulled a sample of that melted lava, the melted glass, brought that back, kept it concealed, sealed and stuff like that. Because again, I think having this type of information, the technology as we move forward is going to start showing what is the pattern, you know, and I have footage and firsthand witness testimony and actual footage that is nowhere on the Internet that shows on some of the stuff that burned. I've never seen this type of stuff before. And every one of our firefighters, arson investigator, counterterrorism task force unit, people that are a part of my team. I shared it in an international group of firefighters and experts, and I said, explain that to me. Wait, are you talking about samples from Maui? Uh-huh. So what, tell us more. What are, you, what are you talking about? What kinds of things burned that were highly unusual? Well, the, the vehicles were one thing, right? There's no, there's no fuel source that would cause these vehicles and this type of stuff to burn at that level. It's just not possible, right? Um, when you have areas that were burning towards an area with the wind blowing the opposite direction. So there was no smoke, but the fires burning in an area just, just, just moving at a rapid pace. That type of stuff doesn't happen, right? Um, when you see bodies that are burned in a way 
that bodies don't burn. Like, what, so, what, what do you mean? Like, like crazy high temperatures, super rapid combustion? What are you, what are you referring to? Yeah, it, 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 looks, it looks like Pompeii, right? When a person's hair is not singed off their head and their hair still intact, but the bur body's charred or there's a section of the body's charred that like it looks like it was zapped. It was zapped or fried. I mean, that type of stuff is to me, it's not normal. Now, am I going to say it's a direct energy weapon unless I was the one controlling the joystick? Then I'd be like, yeah, I'm the one who lit it up. This is what it looks like, right? The technology is there, um, but there's just a lot of things to me that are unexplained. And, Got it. And there's a massive network of people that have this information now because the way that I found is that when you start sharing information at this level, you become a target. Well, what? guess what? It's, it's spread like, like feathers out of a pillow from a church steeple in the wind. Now go find it. You're never going to find it. Well, I think many of our viewers are familiar with the, the fact that there are a lot. I think that's great news that he shared the information. He's actually has video and he has eyewitnesses as well. Now, the next story that he goes into is how he was basically on the front lines with the BLM riots. And he goes on to say that it was 100 percent planned and coordinated he thinks it's a real estate play, probably, these are my words, a smart city, grab, burn it all down. That's why we're seeing the lawlessness to burn it all down, both right and left, not even talking about it. burn it all down, bring in these smart cities, or as Trump says, freedom cities. It's a control play. Land grab control play. But I thought it was interesting. He's like, look, they were perfectly stationed white vans that were foreigners. Let's roll it. And again, share this God, video. Listen, we got we saw firsthand when the BLM riots happened and us being on the streets during that time, Melrose to Atlanta Buckhead, right? And seeing these solar scooters going down the street, completely sleeves, gloves, masks, goggles, helmets. You can't see. There's no identification. You can't do any facial recognition on these individuals. But they're running through there and they're scanning the entire streets. Across the street, we're doing board up. We've got security teams on the roof. And... There's white vans across the street, unmarked. I go across the street. Hey, do you guys need additional security? By the way, um, you know, the, the actual protest is happening four or five blocks from here. And they're like, no, no, we're good, mate. I'm like, where are you from? New Zealand, Australia, France, uh, UK, uh, just all these different countries, foreign countries that all similarly were staged five, six blocks away outside the zone of where the protests were. Meanwhile, what I found was that night, the areas that we were covering, we made a very clear executive decision. What is the pattern? The pattern is these break-ins, these riots are happening four or five blocks away from it. It's being caught by the international news, shared with the local news. The local news is on the line covering where the police forces, you know, being pushed back by the protesters. Meanwhile, the rioters and looters are going unabated. Why? Because there's not enough law enforcement that's on the very front of it. But every time that we'd set up security and set up the, the, the to harden the structure for it, we'd set up cameras everywhere around these perimeters ahead of time. So, you know, it was shocking. We sent so much information to the uh, Metro Police and the pattern was. It was so beautifully orchestrated, create the fear. To, these international guys were staged right where the riots were going to happen. So it was absolutely perfectly coordinated. They weren't three blocks up, two blocks up. They were right in the zone where this shit was going down. 
So this, you know, this so, was all planned. This was all hundred percent planned. And so for us, when I whether I'm responding to that, whether I'm responding to the border crisis, whether I'm responding to a hurricane or an explosion or some other stuff, I find that we've been blessed to be able to be in that zone on day one. Do I have concerns about it? Yeah, I don't want to be out there doing structure protection and getting zapped, right? You know, if that's the case. But at the end of the day, I just feel that everything's in God's perfect plan. Um, I feel that I'm protected in that aspect, so of our people. And we go in fully conscious, fully aware, deeply spiritually connected, just tuning into what's going on around us, situational awareness, head on a swivel, and uh, and just moving on purpose to serve the greater good, serve the people. And in the process, we see things that are happening in those very key moments. It's the critical that window of what's happening, who's responding, what looks different than what we've done in the past that then raises a red flag and allows us to take a little more attention to it. Well, but, and, but um, what's your assessment then of what's behind all this? Because you said you are protected by God and you're, you're driven in alignment with God, but there are demonic forces out there that are, that are causing destruction or chaos or death. Uh, do you have any theory about an overarching uh, goal of some of these events that are engineered? I, I, I personally feel that it has a lot to do with control, right? So you see some of the areas that are getting hit, like Lahaina, like Maui, like Malibu, right? Some of these key places that are getting hit, and it's interesting because on the insurance and risk side of it, insurance premiums are going up substantially where some people are just going uninsured, right? Then on another part of on the insurance risk management, we've had calls with the team that's part of BlackRock in assisting them in putting damage assessment reports together where they're going in and buying a property to then, you know, put into their portfolio. So I think that I kind of feel that there's a big real estate play going in, in, in this aspect of it. Uh, because if you have plans in some cases, and the quickest way is a structure fire because insurance is going to pay or a water area disaster where FEMA is going to pay with taxpayers to help rebuild these zones and rebuild them and rezone them in a way that actually fits that more of a control infrastructure zoning type of situation. Again, I can speculate a lot of things, but I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's disturbing, but I. So he nails it with control, real estate play. And again, I think there's a smart city element to this. And ultimately, it's the one world government crowd bringing on the seals, right? They want to have a one world government, just to add some context to what I think is happening. All right, the next story that he covers that I thought was just interesting. On He basically says the elite that he knows within the last two years are prepping at the at the minimum three years, and most of them are up to 10 years. And I thought it was interesting. He talked about a story for hurricanes. He said, when the grid goes down with hurricanes, it's usually a 30 to 80 mile stretch where the, the grid goes down. And he said, line workers will come in from multiple states. I've actually seen that. There was a hurricane on the East Coast when I was living on the East Coast. I saw line workers coming in from all over the place when I was traveling back to Michigan. We've talked about this. Parts are not made in the United States for the electrical grid. And if the total grid collapses and is down for one year, I think it's like 90% of the U.S. population will die. And this is according to a U.S. government study. If it's down two years, 
Good night, my friends. And he's just like, look, hurricane, it'll be down for a month. But again, it'll be this 80 mile area that's affected. It takes them a month to get the, the grid up. In the next room I'm going to cover, he's talking about how in one spot he saw a thousand Chinese military age men coming in in one night at, in one spot. We're being invaded. It's, it's a Trojan horse. But the elite know something. Let's play it. Industry that you're in, does that naturally make you a, a prepper because you see what can go wrong? Well, what makes me a prepper is when the elites who I know personally, uh, are building bunkers to keep them off the grid for 10 years. And this started two years ago. Whoa. Um, 10 years? Yep. 10 years, my friend. Like a 10-year food supply? Yep. Between three and 10 years. The lowest one I've seen is a three-year prep, off the grid, off the range, completely from remote mountains to remote islands. And these are big money people that have information at the top, top, top level. And oh, I could wow. talk to you about it offline, Mike, but they're prepping. And okay, never well, now I have to talk to you about this offline, but um, what can you say publicly, if anything, about our, what are the broad concerns? that would why, why would a wealthy person bother to stockpile a decade of food? Because for whatever reason, whatever's being planned, infrastructure-wise, I think that the system's going to go down. I just do. Because you don't, I would not, if I'm an elite and I have all the resources in the world to go buy whatever, I got private jets, everything else, why would I prep at that level? What is it I always say? What is it you know that I don't know? It's right. no different than being, a, I was January 5th and 6th, I was down at the Capitol, right? And going to the Capitol, I had 33 medics. We were there to, in service, board up security and, and, and medic services, right? And- I remember seeing clearly when I saw individuals coming by us with gas masks, nothing had happened yet. And I asked the question, what is it that they know that I don't know? Right? Yes. So those are indicators when they're prepping for certain things and the individuals that are white hats, black hats that I know that work with the FBI and these other three letter alphabet soup agencies, and they're moving their uh, another whole private compound and off every major highway, uh, chicken coops, uh, uh, greenhouses they're building a com complete pound compound I'm like well what would you do and they comment back to me with one of my friends goes let's just say Steve you should be doing the same thing I can't speak about it but just stay just know that I know things you don't know and I'm like yeah well with all due respect I I, I get that so going into 2024 I'm not about doom and gloom we always win God wins the truth wins I operate from a space of abundance, never from a space of scarcity. I, I, I choose faith, not fear. Both we don't know, right? But at the end of the day, prep your family, do a quarterly drill. Once you've done the prep, you've done your phone phone call drills and your sat phones, turn this stuff off, put it away, and go to life and come continue building as you're prepping to live forever, but plan to die tomorrow. I think this guy has wisdom. What do they know that I don't know? And I was thinking about this when he talked about these elite, probably multi-billionaires. If there was an issue, they could just fly to another one of their homes, right? They might have 10, 30 homes around the world. Hey, there's trouble here in the United States. I'm going to fly over here. They're prepping for something bigger than that, my friends. Absolutely bigger than that. They know it's being taken down. 
All right, the last story, and I think this is all by design, the Chinese military-age men just pouring into the United States. And again, Final Days Report, episode 152, I call it Kissinger Talks War. I had this wild dream of just the military-industrial complex allowing Chinese soldiers just to fly in and set up shop. This, at least, they're walking through the border. But he goes on to say in one spot, Within the open border, he sees a thousand military age Chinese men. So how many different places has the spigot been turned on? This is a Trojan horse. We've always been warning about it. And again, I had a dream. Obviously, we need to pray against this open border. But I had a dream that we just pray that our invaders come to Christ. It was a wild dream. Something that definitely I know was from the Lord. And again, this is an end of days news ministry. That, uh, that that judgment that's coming to this country, that uh, the people, the soldiers that are coming in, pray that they come to Christ. Let's roll it. Hey, you look at the southern border, and every night, the BORTAC unit that I work with, the guys that oversee all the cameras that I work with that are personal friends of mine, um, they're getting up to 1,000 Chinese nationals coming through just one little small sector per night. Okay. Wow, that's a flood. This per night. Yeah. And 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 they're single males. And so this to me, just seeing it over the last three and a half years, right? Trojan horse were invaded. All right, I want to end with scripture. I was reading Deuteronomy and this kind of popped out. And this scripture is talking about when Israel was going into the promised land and God had to wipe out the evil people, the Nephilim that were sacrificing their kids and worshiping idols and just doing abomination after abomination, probably Sodom and Gomorrah type behavior. And God used Israel to wipe them out and give them the promised land. And I never really caught this before. And I've read the Bible obviously multiple times, but I just thought it was interesting. And and you think about it, when Israel was judged in the Old Testament from worshiping idols and falling away from God, A lot of times he would use wicked, wicked countries. And so the United States is having our judgment moment. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 4 through 5. Speak not thou in thy heart, talking to the Israelites going into the promised land, after that the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of those nations the Lord doth drive out from before thee. So God was getting rid of the wicked people that were sacrificing their kids to Baal, worshiping idols, probably doing Sodom and Gomorrah type behavior. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them from before thee and that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Getting invaded, my friends. We need to repent, be a remnant. Absolutely be a remnant. So I just thought this was interesting covering this interview. I probably watched it three or four times. Steve has wisdom. He's on the front lines. Uh, He sees the corrupt government. He gives a couple examples, mostly on the toxicity of the Palestine spill and the land in Maui, the cover-ups thereof. You know, he mentioned cars don't burn that way. 
there's evidence something smells with cars and actually people. He mentions the BLM coordinated riots. He mentions the open borders. And lastly, he talks about prepping. Prepping is biblical, my friends. So thank you for your support. Check out our site. Sign up for our e-newsletter. And again, we have a prepping section to our website. These are things that I just have purchased myself, but... Mm -hmm.